There's something surreal about jumping out of airplanes from anywhere from 12,000 to 25,000 feet. And then suddenly we see this car coming towards us and it was shooting from the windows. That's when I walked into the recruiting office. I have to leave DC now and I have to become something because if not, I'm gonna be another statistic. My firstborn, he was born and then 12 days later, I was on a plane to Iraq. Real soldiers, real stories. Brought to you by armychap.com. Hello again, welcome to another edition of Soldier Stories. Thanks for joining us for another interview. I am Chaplain David Wright, your host, and I wanna talk to a soldier, a leader, a very experienced veteran that we have who has served in numerous roles to include all all the way up to senior enlisted, uh, now to warrant officer, also been a drill sergeant and been deployed three times. Thank you for joining us. Tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into the content of the day. I'm CW2 Atkinson. I'm from Florence, South Carolina. I've been in the military for over 23 years. Come February 6th of this year, I will have 24 years in the service. I'm a 740 Alpha, which is a chemical warrant officer. So you're an officer, but you're not a lieutenant or a captain, any of the the traditional ranks. Tell us what is a warrant officer? Uh, Yes, sir. A Seaburn warrant officer is a warrant officer. As a warrant officer, I am the technical expert for our field. Basically, I deal with equipment and training to make sure the soldiers are prepared in any chemical environment. So all warrant officers are prior enlisted, is that true? Uh, Yes, sir, except for the aviation warrants who are not prior enlisted. So you're prior enlisted, as most warrant officers are. Prior to that, you have served as a drill sergeant. Which, by the way, I want to say, you're so nice that I never would have guessed that if the patch hadn't been on your uniform. Tell us about that. What training do drill sergeants have to go through? Yes, sir. I went to drill sergeant school in 2008. Um, As a drill sergeant, you go through nine weeks of basic training, just like we would do when we train the soldiers who are coming into basic training. It's nine weeks of learning how to do weapons training, physical fitness, communications, combatives drills, just skills that the soldiers need to survive on a day-to-day basis. So essentially you had to repeat basic training. Yes, sir. Basic training all over again. But um, you have to go through it in order to learn is basically what you expect to do once you're on the trail as a drill sergeant. And I'm sure some things changed between the time you attended basic training as a private and the time you attended drill sergeant school as uh, an NCO. Yes, it did. Big change from going to basic training in 1996 till attending all over drill sergeant school in 2008. So you went through the school, you became a drill sergeant, and then where was your drill sergeant assignment? My first assignment as a drill sergeant was Fort Seal, Oklahoma. And tell us about that. How did that go for you? Fort Seal, Oklahoma was, um, as a female, I was one of the first females to be at Fort Seal because they didn't have, they only had male drill sergeants and they were doing gender integration was coming later on. So they needed to get female drill sergeants at Fort Seal. And you blazed the trail there because you were the first female drill sergeant in your area. Uh, yes, sir. First female drill sergeant in my battery for the first 
I want to say five or six months as on my cycles as a drill sergeant, then slowly but surely we started getting female drill sergeants in. So what was the experience like for you? Because there must have been some challenges there as with any kind of change like that. Uh, how did how were you received and what were some of the dynamics there? The challenges as being a female drill sergeant was I was not only the only female drill sergeant, I was the only female in the company. Um, I worked with 11 Bravos or other MOSs who had not worked with females. So it was a challenge to try to get the male drill sergeants to, I guess, work with me. But in the beginning, it was a little rough um, in the beginning, but at the end, we all came together and we made very successful training cycles. So what's a day in the life of the drill sergeant? The daily life for me was getting up around 02 in the morning, because I had to be at work around between 03. Uh, getting ready, because the first day of red phase, the beginning of basic training, you have to wake the privates up very early, so which means I had to get up early. Um, get there, those days could last from, for instance, if I started at 03, I would get home probably like 21 or 2200. So, so um, three, two or three in the morning to nine or 10 at night. Yes. So the first phase, which is red phase, is the most challenging phase because this is where you are trying to train brand new um, who are young, like between 18, 19, who have never used to be getting up early in the morning. So you have to try to instill in them the process of getting up, doing physical fitness training, which they, um, some may have participate in sports in high school. Some may just be their first time ever doing any type of physical activities. So you have to instill all the right forms of doing the exercises. That could be challenging if you never ever really ran or did sit-ups or push-ups. Um, when it comes to like movement drills or drilling ceremony, marching around, this is how we get around from day to day. Um, some soldiers never have fired a weapon or even picked up a weapon, so that could be challenging as a drill sergeant to try to demonstrate and explain to them the fundamentals of marksmanship. So really taking a civilian and in just a few weeks integrating them into some basic components of Army life, such as routines in the day, how to wear your uniform and put together your gear and of course some initial weapons training and that sort of thing. So was it uh, a rewarding experience or was it something that when you finished you thought well I'm glad that's done? Uh, being a drill sergeant was one of the most challenging of my experience in the military. The reward I guess was when I got to one of my units after being a drill sergeant and I got to see some of the soldiers that I was drill sergeants to to see that they have moved up in the ranks from private to sergeant so I was very impressed that these soldiers still doing great things and they were very appreciative of what I taught them. I remember my drill sergeant I attended basic training in the year 2000 and drill sergeants have a, a way of making a lasting impression and I, I'm sure you did that with many of your soldiers and prior to that, you had been uh, deployed. So we're kind of working backwards in time here, but you have three deployments under your belt, two to Afghanistan, one to Iraq. Tell us about the organization that you served with and something along those lines. Uh, yes, sir. My first deployment 
was with the 82nd Combat Aviation Brigade out of Fort Bragg, North Carolina. First deployment was to Afghanistan in like 2003. Was my first deployment, didn't really know what to expect um, because this is my first time ever deploying and I had just got promoted to sergeant. But my job was to do air mission requests for our soldiers that needed to go on missions or we needed to get supplies to various bases throughout Afghanistan. So you had a learning curve when it came to what, what do we do here in my job in a deployment setting. And then you did a rotation in Afghanistan, came back, and it wasn't very long after that that your next one popped up. Uh, yes, sir. Finished the first deployment for seven months in Afghanistan, came back, um, did some reintegration. Then we did training following the next deployment was going to Iraq for 13 months. So your second deployment was, it sounds like, about twice as long as your first deployment. Yes, sir. 13 months. That's a long time, so talk about that for a minute. Um, 13 months. We got there in, like, November of that year. Still did the same thing, air movement requests, but now instead of air mission requests, I was in charge of doing all movement requests as well as doing all the seaburn protection for my battalion. So increased responsibility, yes, sir. that sort of thing. And then came back from that deployment and then within how many months were you going back to Afghanistan? Last deployment came back, I want to say we were back maybe between six to eight months, then we were going back to Bagram, um, Afghanistan. So that's not a whole lot of time to reset, recover, refit, all these things that we do, and then you're right out the door again. Yes, sir. And how long was that deployment? That deployment was for one year. So another year overseas. So you've spent a considerable amount of time living and serving in a deployment type of setting. So you have a lot of assignments that you've worked in. You're a warrant officer. You've been a senior enlisted leader. You've been a drill sergeant. You have these deployments. Yes, sir. I've been in the Army for over 24 years now. My daughter just turned 20. Five until now, my daughter um, has been with me. But during the deployments, I had to leave my daughter with my parents and my sisters to take care of her because obviously she could not go with me to on the deployments. But without the help of my family, I probably would not be where I am today. It takes a lot to raise a daughter being single in the military. Her father is also in the military. So we tried to be stationed in the same location so we could raise our daughter together, but that didn't happen at times. But I met so many people along, I guess, my journey, and they helped me do so many things. And without them, I would not be who I am today. And my daughter, she says it like all the time now, like, She's so thankful for who I am. Like, so what I've done for her, and I've done it for her because I want her to have a better life than what I had. I wonder if there might be some people out there listening that haven't even considered the military as an option because they're a parent or maybe because they're a single parent. Uh, would you say that this was something that you uh, are thankful that you did? And what kind of encouragement might you give to people who might see being a parent as a barrier to serving in the military? 
I guess I'll go back to when I found out I was having a daughter. There you go. Um, I was 21, turning 22. And in my mind, I was like, um, I'm still young. I didn't have any experience on raising a daughter. But like I said, my family, I looked at my mother. My mother raised me and my four siblings, two brothers, two sisters, and she did it by herself. So if I knew my mother could do it, then I knew that I could do it. And I learned from my mother how to take care of my daughter. I know single parents, it is a challenge, but for me, you just gotta find someone within the army or the community to, I guess, help you. And if you need help, don't be afraid to say you need help. And it sounds like that's one thing you discovered along the way is that there are people who are willing to help because once you get inside the military, inside your organization, what we find out is we're all just people. We're all trying to, to make life work and uh, do something meaningful. And uh, clearly you've overcome uh, some of those perceived hurdles, but you made it work. And so now at the other end, your daughter's grown up. She's a young adult in college herself. And so well done, uh, not only as a soldier, a leader, but as a parent. Uh, does that feel fulfilling to you to look back and look and see all that you've accomplished personally and professionally? Yes, sir. I've accomplished so many things. I came in the Army when I was 19. I met so many people. I have so many, I guess, brothers and sisters that are not my biological brothers and sisters. And anytime I need to talk to any of them, there is a phone call away. They pick up the phone. They answer and for that, I'm thankful. A lot of connections that we make yes, connections. In, in the Army that last a long time. Clearly, you've had a meaningful career up to this point, but you're far from done. Yes, not done yet. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Uh, we covered a lot of wave tops, uh, but you've clearly had a very meaningful more than two decades in the military. And then also your family story is part of that. And so thank you for uh, sharing that with us. Any final remarks uh, that you want to throw out there to our listeners? Just follow your dreams. Don't let anyone stop you from your dreams. Just keep at it one day at a time. That's all I can tell you. Well, your life is certainly a testimony to that strategy. And if it's worked for you, it will work for other people as well. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Soldier Stories Podcast. This is Chaplain David Wright, capturing unique and inspiring stories of the soldiers and leaders in the United States military. Please consider taking just a moment to subscribe and also provide a rating or a comment as that will help more people find this free resource. You're also welcome to check out my website, armychap.com, to read my posts and see some pictures of what we do. It is my hope and prayer that you find inspiration and encouragement through this program. And remember to put your trust in our great and loving God who daily bears our burdens. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you.